This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Let me pray for us, and we're going to get into part five of our series. We're calling it A New Way for a New Day. Man, it's just been so rich, and it's been so outstanding, and the Lord still has more He wants to say to us. And so we're going, we're going, we're going, uh, we're going to get something in us this morning. Amen? So, Father, we give you thanks and praise. We thank you for the Word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. We look to Him. We acknowledge you, Holy Spirit, and we ask that you would instruct us, just like we sang, that you would open our eyes, open our ears so that we can see and so that we can hear and open our hearts so that we can understand. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So in this series, we're, we're really we're, we're studying, we're studying like four chapters in the Gospel of John, John chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 specifically. And you'll notice as you read these chapters, and I hope that you're, you're reading these, you know, I've, I've, I haven't asked you to read them, but we've alluded to this, you know, for four or five weeks now that uh, this is what I'm reading. This is what I'm feeding on every day, other than the, our one chapter a day that, that we read together. I'm, I'm reading John 13, 14, 15, 16 every day. And man, it's just so rich because what Jesus was doing, this was, uh, th- this this whole discourse with his disciples begins on the the night before the Passover. I mean, they're they're about to eat. He's about to eat his last meal with his disciples before he goes to the cross, and he begins to lay out a new way for them to live. Because upon his crucifixion and upon his resurrection, it was ushering in a brand new day. And if you'll read these chapters. You'll see where Jesus said, you've never done it like this before. You've never prayed like this before. You've never loved like this before. And so he begins to give them a new way for a new day. And these were instructions whereby they were to live the rest of their life. And it's also instructions for you and I. This is the way we're to live the rest of our life. As a matter of fact, this is how you live a successful Christian life. This is how if you you profess the name of Jesus... This is how you follow Jesus. This is how you become a good follower of Jesus. Amen? And so, you know, when you're saying you're a Christian, Christian, you know, more and more, I don't even like the terminology because it didn't, it's, you know, it's, it it shows up in the Bible, but it was, you know, followers of Jesus didn't refer to themselves as Christians, so we, we, we're living in, you know, you can be a cultural Christian, right? So if you were, if you were to fill out a job application, they ask you your religion. I mean, you, is it Christian or you Muslim or you're nothing or, you, you know, so people, well, I'm atheist. Well, I'm not an atheist and I'm not a Muslim, so I must be a Christian. So you check the box and not following Jesus at all right? But when you talk about I'm a follower of Jesus, that puts it on a whole nother level. Now there's some responsibility. Would you, would you agree with that? There's some, there's some responsibility. And so Jesus is just really laying out a new way for a new day. And so we've, we've looked at this and we've kind of been stuck on John 13, not stuck. It's just so much here in just a couple of verses. There's so much involved in this. And I believe it's some, some, probably the, the most important thing that Jesus left with us. So I want you to notice this with me in John 13, 
verse uh, 33, Jesus said, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. I'll only be with you a little longer. As we saw last week that Peter didn't hear another word that came out of Jesus' mouth. Because right after Jesus said what he was going to say, Peter said, hey, where are you going? He didn't hear what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to be with you a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So I'm, I'm leaving. You're going to search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. And then his next words, these are the most important words, some of the most important words that Jesus ever said. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Everybody say a new commandment. I'm giving you a new commandment, and, and, and they didn't need any more commandments. They had about 610, right? They, they, didn't need, they didn't need another commandment. Well, we saw the week before that Jesus reduced it down to two. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And now he's reducing the two down to one. Everybody say one. He said this. I said, now I'm giving you a new commandment. What is that new commandment? Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Love each other. Everybody say love each other. In, uh, in, in, you don't need to turn there, but in John the 15th chapter, verses 12 and 17, Jesus repeats this. He said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Verse 17, this is my command, love each other. So he wasn't commanding his followers to feel something. He was commanding them to do something, not feel something, do something. So I mean, he, he, put, he took this, he took love, what we would consider a noun, and he made a verb out of it. He said, I want you to do something. I want you to love each other. I want you to love each other. And he, he's, he, he repeats it in the 15th chapter. I want you to, he said, love each other. Everybody say love each other. Love now, this was different. This was different than love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself or do unto others as you would have them do unto you is old covenant. So old covenant. So I grew up in Bible, in vacation Bible school, golden rule. Yeah, but we got a platinum rule now. Right? We, now we have a platinum rule. Not a golden rule, platinum rule. Golden rule was, you know, do unto others, you'd have them do unto you. Platinum rule is do unto others as I did unto you. Not as you would have them, but as I did for you. Love each other as I've loved you. Not love your neighbor as yourself. Some people don't love themselves. And you know that by the way they treat themselves. And so Jesus took the standard and he said, and, and he said, and this is the picture. He took it out. You see, because un, under the Old Testament, and we've looked at this several times, the commandment was love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You first see this in Deuteronomy. Yeah. 
first time it's mentioned, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, mind, strength. This is the first commandment. Okay? So love God. And then the first time we see love your neighbor is in Leviticus. Love your neighbor is in Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. This was under the law of Moses. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what about if you don't love yourself? Well, then your neighbor is not going to get, not coming off very good, right? They're just out of luck. So, uh, under this under this new covenant, we are to we are to love our neighbor as he loved us. And who is our neighbor? Who who is our neighbor? Because in Leviticus, Moses talks about you know loving their neighbor and is their own people in other words is jews loving jews that's it now can you really do you really think that 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 the jews that that newly formed nation of israel do you think i mean have, have you read the old testament anybody read the old testament do you think that they were really looking to bless other nations? I'm not bashing them. I'm just saying, you know, just were they, I mean, were they, because God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing, and through you all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Is that what they, were, they did? No. What did they do? They conquered. And I don't think anybody said, oh, the Israel, such a blessing. The, the Jew, now, look, y'all don't say, Pastor Chuck's got something against Israel. No, I, I completely, fully support Israel, the nation of Israel. They're God's people. There's a reason for the conquering. There's a reason for, for them, that, right? There's a reason. But what I'm saying is, is that the command, love your neighbor as yourself, was Jews loving Jews. And it stopped there, and no one else was considered a neighbor. Everyone else was considered an enemy. An enemy to God's standards, an enemy to God's righteousness, an enemy to God's will. They were considered enemies. And so they, they weren't required to love them, or they didn't think they were required to love them. Is that right? And so... Uh, Jesus upended this mindset, didn't he? Y'all remember the story of the Good Samaritan? There was, a, there was a Jew that got beaten up and left on the side of the road half dead. And a Samaritan came along. Well, first, two, two other Jews came along and just passed by on the other side. So Jesus said, y'all not even loving each other. You're not even loving your own people. You think, that you think the commandment is love your neighbor. You're not loving your neighbor. And Jesus continually called Jews out for not loving Jews. But then he said, I'm going to expand this a little bit. He said, so here's this Jew. They got, got robbed, got left half dead. And a Samaritan came along and had interaction and showed love to the Jew, which they had no there was no interaction between those two people groups. None. None. And Jesus said, who was the neighbor? And man, he just, he, he just tore down the mindset that, 
no longer is your neighbor just a fellow Jew. Your neighbor also consists of someone who doesn't look like you, that's not from the same nation as you are. Are you listening? That's also your neighbor. Amen. So, Jesus upended that, that mindset. God's gift of salvation, God's gift of salvation which was executed by his love, God's gift of salvation which is executed by his love was for the whole world, not just a part of the world. It was for the whole world. It was for every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue. And that goes back to the promise that God gave Abraham. Through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. And Jesus came through the seed of Abraham, right? So through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. And so that was God's vision. That was God's goal. That was what God wanted to do. And so this God's gift of salvation, which was executed by his love, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? His executed by his love was for the whole world, and God wanted a diverse family. That's why we ought, I mean, you know, heaven ought to look like this with a few more nationalities present. Right? That's what heaven ought to look like. And uh, that's the way God wanted it. And he said, so this, this, this gift of salvation, which was executed by my love, it's got to be it's got to be pushed beyond the borders of just the Jewish nation. It's got to go to every nation. Everybody say every nation. Amen. So now all who receive Christ, all who receive the claims of Christ, all who commit their life to follow Christ are now in the family of God. Now, you, I don't know if you, you understand this or not. Well, I'm sure you do. You're, you're smart. How many of you realize that not everybody is a child of God? Everyone is the creation of God. Not everyone is a child of God. So I've always been told that everybody's a child. Well, no, that's not right because Jesus said of some people, you're of your father the devil. So, well, you can't be of your father the devil and be a child of God. So on the earth today, on the earth today, there are two families present. Are you listening? There's the family of God, there's the people of God, and then there's everybody else who is not. So the atheist is no more not a child of God than somebody who is not an atheist who believes in God, but they've never received Christ. So there's two families. There's the family of God, and it's those whose father is the devil. I didn't say they acted like the devil. But until you're born again, guess what? You're not in the family of God. You're not saved. 
So what's this got to do with love? I'm about to, I'm about to, about to, sh- about to show you. Okay. So this, this gift of salvation that's been extended to us through the love of God is for whosoever will. It's available to anybody. It's available to everybody. But we must receive, right? We must receive. Now, in 1 John chapter 3, this is, this is the Apostle John. Some refer to the Apostle John as the Apostle of Love. And, of course, we've been reading out of the Gospel of John, same guy. And it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Everybody say, love one another. Love now, let me, just, let me just say this, and because and we're just, we're just kind of exploring this morning, okay? Is one another everybody? Okay, let, we, we're going to... All right, let's go all the way back to the Gospel of John. Jesus is sitting there with, I was going to say the 12, but it wasn't the 12, it was 11 because Judas went out the door. So he's sitting there with 11 guys, and he's looking at them. Love one another. Love each other. Love each other. And so what I'm I'm looking at, there is a a love that's to be on display. Let me say it like this. You and I as believers ought to love each other differently than we love everyone else. Now, I didn't say we don't love everyone else. Are Are you listening? This is very specific. This is very specific. I want you to love one another. Now, notice what John said in 1 John 3. He said, this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Now, look at verse 14. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers. See, that's not everybody. Y'all listening? This is important because there was something that happened in this first century church. In the first, second, and third century of Christianity, there was something that happened. There was something on display. There was something that worked that toppled the Roman Empire. There was something going on that, that that was so attractional. That, I mean, people were walking away from Judaism. They were coming out from under the law. They saw something that was so powerful. I mean, that the Roman Empire, I mean, it it just toppled. It came to an end. Its authority came, its power came to an end. Now, notice, he said, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. So, according to that scripture, specifically, 
speaking. When Jesus gives us a new commandment that we are to love one another, he's talking about you and I loving fellow believers. Now, fellow believers, it's not just people of one nation. It could be people of other nations, but because you came out of that nation and you came into this holy nation, right? We're brothers and sisters in Christ, and there is a level of love that we're to be loving each other with that we don't love everyone else with. You say, where's that line? I have no idea. And, and like I said, we're, we're exploring because there, there's, there's something going on in this early church, a way that they loved each other, that the world looking from the outside, they were looking in and saying, I got to have that. And the only way I can have that is to leave this. I got to leave this to have that. And that looked so good that they left this. Does that make any, make any sense? All right, consider, consider these scriptures. In Galatians 6.10, it says this. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Everybody say everyone especially to those in the family of faith. Especially to those in the family of faith. So how, how, how many people we to do good for? Everyone. But especially who? Especially everybody? Especially to those who are in the family of faith. You see, that's different. That, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a different level. Everybody say, love one another. In 1 John 3, 17, it says this, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Everybody say, a brother or a sister. That's different from everybody. Are y'all as nervous as I am talking about this? I don't want you to take me wrong on this. I believe that there's more here that the Lord wants us to see that's going, it would cause the church, which Jesus is going to build, right? He's going to build his church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. But what was it that, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. All right, so, so if you got enough money to live well, that, say God's not opposed to you living well. If you have enough money to live well, and you see a brother or a sister, 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 are we all brothers and sisters? No. No, we're not all brothers and sisters. Got to get our minds renewed. We're not all brothers and sisters. We're all fellow humans. We're not all brothers and sisters. Why? Because there's the family of God, and then there's another family. If you've been born again, 
you're my brother or my sister. Not everybody. And this is important. This is a very, very important distinction because if we don't make this distinction, there will be no urgency in us to live out the great command of loving each other. There'll be no urgency in us to reach other people for Christ so that they can come out of darkness and come into the light. If we just think that we're all good, are we all good? No, there's some people who are lost. Some people are lost. Not everybody. We're just all good. Everybody's good. And, you know, we're just trying our hardest and doing our best. Trying your hardest and doing your best is not what you're called to do. Because trying your hardest and doing your best is never going to get the job done. Amen. Amen. Everybody say a brother or sister. sister. It's it's an important distinction. Brother brother and sister is an important distinction. And we are to show love especially. Everybody say especially. especially. Especially we're to show love toward who? Family of faith? A brother and sister? Especially. I mean, it goes beyond. Okay. Paul writing to the church. Now, some people say that the Apostle Paul was the most influential person when it came to establishing doctrine for the church and influence for the church. He was the most influential person ever, including Jesus. Now, that's an argument for a different time. But you you think of of Paul's work and what he did. I mean, his church planning efforts, his his letter-writing campaign. I mean, most most of what you and I ought to be reading from our Bible is is Paul's letters to the church. And Paul was not writing to unbelievers. Paul was writing... To believers. He was writing to the church. He was writing to people who followed Christ. And so what he was writing to the church, it did not even pertain to unbelievers. He wasn't writing to them. It's like this. There's some things that, that Paul wrote to wives that husbands have no business quoting to their wife. It wasn't for them. Hey, husbands, you should never, ever say, honey, well, you know what the Word says. The Word says in Ephesians 5, wives, submit to your husbands. He wasn't even talking to you. He was not talking to you men. (laughs) He addressed, wives, (laughs) submit to your, he didn't say, husbands, tell your wives Are you listening? So when you're reading through Ephesians 5, y'all just skip that part about why. If you're a man, y'all just skip that part and say, well, I I hope my wife sees that. So Paul, 
writing to, uh, to the church in Ephesus. Writing to the church. Not writing to anyone else. Writing to the church. Notice what he says in verse 1. Ephesians 5, 1. He said, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Everybody say, walk in the way of love. love. Sounds like a Hallmark Christmas movie. (laughs) The way of love. Sounds all romantic. But the way of love was anything but romantic. It was bloody. It was gory. Right? Walk in the way of love. Let me, let me, let me get over here to Ephesians so I won't tell you something that's not in the Bible here. In Ephesians 5, he says, walk in the way of love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So walking in the way of love, although it's very simple, it's more demanding than anything you and I will ever do. It's one command with a lot of demand to it. He said, he said walk in the way of love. Everybody say, walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. So what does it look like to walk in the way of love with a fellow believer, a brother or a sister? What does it look like? Well, let me just say it like this. The primary activity of the church, the primary activity of the church or church people is we are to one another, one another. We are to one another, one another. Say, so what do you mean by that? There are, there's 30-something scriptures in the New Testament that says, do this for one another, one another. One, he's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking to church people. Do this for one another. Do it for one another. Do it for one another. And it, this, is the, this, is, this is the love handles. This is the application of living a life of love. This is the application of, of, of walking in the, the way of of love or what is yeah the way of love this, this is the application to it these one another's when we do these one another's it is the application of love you see we we won't love to be all about all mushy gushy feeling got all the feels to it and but sometimes love doesn't have all the feels to it jesus didn't command us to feel something he commanded us to do something well what is it that we're going to do well love one another yeah but what does that look like in everyday life, what does it look like when I, when, for me to love Roy? What does, it, what does it look like? What does it look like? Not feel like. I mean, oh, Roy, I love you so much. I love you, man. Love you. And, tell you, love, and, and I do. But is saying that love? Or do we got to go beyond saying something?
Love's not a noun. Love is a verb. It's action. It's doing something. God demonstrated his love toward us in what? Sending Christ to die for our sins. It's, so it's, it's action. So this is, this is what it looks like. You just write these down real fast. This is what love looks like. Here, here are some love handles right here. Submit to one another. Sounds exciting. <laughs> I mean, Ephesians 5, submit to one another. All right. So, oh, yeah, I got that down. I can submit to anybody. Submitting is not agreeing. The only way you can even have an opportunity to submit to somebody is to disagree. If, you're, if I'm agreeing with John, and I say, yeah, let's, let's go to Mazio's for lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That's not submitting to him. That's agreeing with him. John, I won't go to Mazio's. I want to go to Andrew's plate. And then, well, I don't want to go to Andrew's plate. I want to go to Mazio's. Well, so now somebody's got to submit. What did he do? Submit to one another. Yes. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 5, for wives, that means how you treat your husband. For husbands, that means that's how you treat your wife. For employers, that means how you treat your employees. For employees, it means how you treat your employer. For children, it means this. For parents, it means this. And this is love. What does love do? Submit to one another. What does love do? Forgive one another. Yes. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. forgive. Talked about this recently. Encourage one another. These are all scriptures. Go find. These are all scriptures. Amen. All these one another's are scriptures. Yes. This is what we're to be doing for each other. Well. If it's convenient, I'll do it. The death of Jesus was not convenient. Wasn't convenient for him, wasn't convenient for his followers, right? The cross was not convenient. Restore one another. Accept one another. Care for one another. You know, that's why we got small groups. We don't have small groups just to give you another opportunity to eat. <laughs> now thank God for the groups that have something to eat. <laughs> but it's not just to give us another opportunity to eat. It's, it's so that we can build these relationships so we can really do this for each other. So that we can receive care and give care. Care, care for one another. Here, here's one. This is real romantic. Bear. Everybody say bear. bear. With one another. Here's another one that's exciting. Carry one another's burdens. Sound fun? No. <laughs> caring for... Caring. You know what... The, People need you when they need you, That's right. hey. not when it's convenient. Yeah. 
for you or me. Amen. Now, notice what Jesus said, because this is, this is powerful. This gets all the way back to what, what was the new command? I want you to love one another. As I've loved you, that you'd love one another. Now, notice what he says in John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world. So he said, he said I want you to love the world. And you love the world, it'll prove. He said, I want you to love one another, and your love for one another... How I love Roy, and Roy loves me, is going to prove to the world something. They're going to look at this relationship right here. They're going to look at this relationship, and it's going to prove to them that we're his followers. They're going to see how Roy and I interact with each other, how we live with each other, how we treat each other, and they're going to go, hmm, what's going on? What's going on right there? What's, I need to explore that a little bit. Because there's something going on right there that shouldn't be going on right there. At least the world says it shouldn't be going on right, right. there. But it's going on. And I need to know why it's going on. on. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's going to prove. Guys, I, this, this is so much more powerful than I can articulate. There is something here. And it's going, to, it's going to take us praying. It's going to take us walking in it. It's going to take us exploring. There is something so powerful here that will absolutely cause the church, the body of Christ, to be absolutely irresistible. Yeah. That people say, I got to leave this because I got to have that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he said, your love for one another will prove to the world It'll prove to the world that you are my disciples. You are my followers. So the identifying characteristic of Jesus' followers is the way we love each other. It's not our doctrine. Man, you can, you can, be, you can have the doctrine down. You can have the tenets down. You can have it all down, and, and, and you can just be staunch and and I mean, just, uh, I mean, just staunch about it and strong about it and not have an ounce of love. Yeah. I told you all that I was sitting around the table with uh, some area pastors, and we, we get together about once a month, and we were sitting around. We had a couple of politicians there, and, and they were just talking to pastors, and this is what we stand for, and this, this is what we're going to do, and... and uh, and one of them said, I can tell y'all really, y'all, because re- half of us are white, half of us are black. I can tell that y'all really worked hard, you know, at this group. We're looking around, we hadn't worked hard. We hadn't worked, we hadn't worked hard at all. Why? Because there's something, when you get saved, you get the love of God in you. You get his love in you. You get it in you. Romans 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. 
you get something in you. And once you have it in you, you've got to work. You've got to work to not let it come out of you. You've got to, you've got to suppress it. And it takes effort to suppress it. But if you don't suppress it and you just, say, and you just, and you just go with your gut and you go with the inside, oh, see, Roy, he's a brother. I can love him. I can hug him. I can bear with him. I can care. I can support. Right? Is it, is it work? It might be demanding, but I'm not having to put something on because it's something that's in me. So we're looking around. We have worked at this. We get together. We love each other. We serve the same God. Worship the same Jesus. We might have beliefs that are a little bit different. But we love each other. Amen. So imagine. Imagine this. A world out there that was skeptical. Skeptical. Not skeptical. Skeptical. Skeptical of our beliefs. But there is no denying the love. Wouldn't that be powerful? Skeptical of our beliefs, but there's no denying this supernatural love, this agape, not a natural human love, the very love of God that's in us and working out of us towards one another. No denying that. Imagine that world where we were so in love with one another. Imagine that. Imagine that. And they saw us. It'd be powerful. Once upon a time, it was so. That's how the Roman Empire came crumbling down. Once upon a time, it was so. I mean, it was, it was, they loved each other so much that they were selling houses and they were selling land and it was, they were helping each other out with the proceeds. Now, I'm not saying everybody go out and do that right now. I'm just saying this is, this is what was on display. They loved each other. Isn't that awesome? And I believe that once again, what turned the world right side up back then can turn the world right side up today are we going to have disagreements absolutely are we going to see things differently absolutely until everybody gets their mind renewed to think like me then there's going to be disagreements Tammy told me one time, she said, you know, I'm right 95% of the time. (laughs) When she said the other 5%, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're going to disagree. We're going to see some things different. 
we're going to vote for different people. I mean, Tammy might vote for somebody different than I vote for. I don't know. But we're still brothers and we're still sisters. And we still love. Amen? Amen. Can we do that? You see, I, 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 this, this country is deeply divided. It's deeply divided. And as a pastor, as a shepherd, I have a responsibility to, to navigate this church through tumultuous times. And thank God I don't have to do it on my own. I, I know, I know there, there's a bunch of you out there that say, yeah, man, we're going we, to love each other. And then the Lord's helping us because he's giving us these messages, right? He's, he's showing it. He's emphasizing this. Why? He's helping us. And so, y'all, please, 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 I'm begging you. Be careful with your words. Be careful with what you put on social media. Just um, be careful. All right? Just be careful about it. I've got opinions. Right? You've got opinions. But we're called to Walk in the way of love. And a lot of times, most of that times, it, it means keep your opinion to yourself. If your opinion's going to divide, if it's going to divide, if it's going to hurt, if it's going to isolate, guess what? Just keep it to yourself. You're not going to change anybody's mind. The people who agree with you are going to agree with you. The people who don't agree with, they're still not going to agree with you. <laughs> and so when all the dust settles, if it ever will, only way the dust settles, you've got to turn the TV off. But you know what I'm saying? Once the dust settles, we can still be in here together worshiping together, working together for one cause, one purpose, for one king, for one kingdom, we can still be doing it if we love one another. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who teaches us. And Lord, I ask that you'd help us. Because whoever is elected and not elected, although that's important, whoever's elected or not, not elected is not nearly as important how we live together. And so I thank you that you'll help us be mindful of that, that we would be tempered, that we'd be controlled. 
that the love of God would constrain us and restrain us. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never given Jesus your whole heart and your whole life, but you want to do that right now, just lift your hand right where you are. We're going we're to just pray for you right there in your seat. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, everybody pray this prayer. We say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for putting your love in me. Amen. Church, let's give these a big hand, all right?